Welcome, everyone, to Greetings from Beyond Radio. It's been a minute. It's actually been close to seven years since I had to shelve Greetings from Beyond Radio. But before we go any further and talk a little bit about ourselves into the show, I'm Rich Valdez, your host, and my co-host, wait, over here, yeah, no. Uh, it depends on which side you show <laughs> this side. Oh, it has yeah. to be the opposite side <laughs> is Vicki Burnett, my co-host. Say hi, Vicki. Hi, everyone. And uh, that's something I'm going to have to get used to going like this. You know, when it, you're really on this side for me. But anyways, um, seven years ago, I started Greetings from Beyond Radio. It was a hit. Um, we had great guests, uh, but around that time was also the time that I had started to train to be a demonologist officially for the United States Old Catholic Church. And that took a lot of time. But, you know, before I go any further, I'm going to hand this over to Vicki so that everyone can get to know her a lot better. Um, and she's already known. She's already on the show. We're not going to name the show, but she's already on a radio show and a podcast and it's rather successful down south in florida um six years now six years now see yeah, we're coming up on and our six-year anniversary six-year anniversary we still got a little bit more about that uh that we'll get into um uh, but uh something that that occurred to me yesterday and i was thinking to myself you know it's fine it's kind of weird that we find ourselves in this situation storytelling you know storytelling has been around for so long um since the dawn of man this is how we've all gotten to know each other gotten to know about places and experiences and it's an advanced so much leaps years and everything you can name it um literally to radio tv now it's you know internet podcasts hello this is what we're doing now. And ironically, it's the same thing. A podcast, talk show, whatever you want to call it, it's the same old, same old. But before I go any further, let's get to know Vicky. Wait a minute. Let me see. Vicky. I got it right this time. Vicky. <laughs> and myself. Um we want to take the opportunity to let everyone know us after all we're the ones that you're going to have to see once a week for a while to come trust me this is going to keep on growing and getting bigger and bigger every day and of course when it comes to vicky vicky has her own story and her own 
reasons as to why she got started in the paranormal. And I'm going to let her start, as the old saying goes, ladies first. I'm getting it down. It's so cool. All right. Well, ironically, uh, in January of 2007, I did not even know that the show Ghost Hunters existed. And they were having a marathon because uh, season two was getting ready to begin. So they showed the marathon of season one. And I'm like, oh, wow, people actually do this. And so I went on, I Googled, I found a TAPS affiliated team um, that we both are well aware of. Oh, and yeah. um, they were- You can, you can name it. You okay, can name it, uh, Florida Ghost team at the time. And uh, she was accepting new people onto the team. And that began, I was on that team for about, about seven or eight months. And then I formed my own team, which is Point Paranormal. And um, several of the team members from Florida Ghost team came with me. Uh, we got a lot of experience in that very short amount of time because that was when Ghost Hunters and Tavs was huge. So anybody with a paranormal problem were, con were contacting Florida Ghost Team. So we were doing two investigations a weekend, every weekend. And that was a lot of experience in a short amount of time. Uh, at that time, she also had started a radio show, which I ended up being the host of. And then when I left Florida Ghost Team, I continued her show and then picked it up for myself uh, for the next year, which we're talking about storytelling and stuff. So the last time I did this where it was completely paranormal, it was on an actual radio station and I had to pay for airtime. So it's a lot different being able to use the podcast format. Um, but one of the main reasons I got into the paranormal is probably not what most people think. I had been in an abusive situation and, but I knew who my attacker was. I knew who my abuser was, but people who live in a haunted house, they don't necessarily know who is attacking them, who is uh, affecting their sleep, who is uh, scaring them. And so my goal coming in is to make everyone's home as safe as possible. So that said, sometimes, you know, Rich, we go into homes and what's going on, it's not about a haunt. It's about substance abuse. It's about mental health issues. It may even be about um, some type of abuse, other types of abuse. So I was able to take all the things that I know about life and all the things I experienced and use it to um, help people in their home. And like uh, Rich hinted to, I also do a weekly podcast that's been going on for six years with um, a group of people that are very popular here in South Florida. They have a morning show on one of the local radio stations and we do our podcast every week. Not only that, but you did hint already on it. I'm going to jump on that. Uh, when you started doing Florida ghost teams radio show at WBZT, uh, not going to go any further than that, but it's a local radio station in West Palm, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And that was also how many years worth of actual radio experience that you had? Two years. Two years. Yes. That's pretty good. <clears throat> and, and oftentimes people seem to think that it's as easy as a podcast. Actually, it's not because there's so much more involved. You have an actual producer on the other side of the glass. Mm -hmm. And they have all this technology and keyboards around them. And yep. they tell you quietly yep. and you're on the air and yeah. bam. Uh, it's so much more different nowadays because now anyone 
and everyone can actually be their own i don't know hosts and 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 producer although we're lucky enough to have jen as our producer who's handling everything um so in fact we're in contact with her at all times during the show um another thing uh i was one of the first ones to start pushing this young lady i'm getting it this is cool all right to start developing her gift of sight and it took her a minute and although i promised no politics ever will be discussed here or religion but there's a little bit of a reason why you kind of held back on your gift for a while and it happened to do with not letting someone very special to you down uh but finally you've really gotten into the groove of giving into your gift honing it practicing it so that now readings by vicky which will occasionally flow through the ticker here late take notice of it ladies and gents whoever's watching um she gives impeccable readings and i'm telling you all you got to do is send her a picture and a question that's it and she will give you what you need or whatever spirit tells her so vicky why don't you expand a little bit more on that because you're kind of holding back on me here we got two hours to fill and you're not filling in come on well the initial way that i feel that my gift was opened up if you remember we were doing an obe an out-of-body experience Right. And in that, I traveled to um, the house next door to me because I was always curious as to what was there. And um, so I saw some things when it came back, I reported to you. And I noticed after that, I was getting more and more specific information from what I felt were spirits. Now, my experience on Florida Ghost Team also helped because the more I talked to spirit and was respectful to spirit they were in kind helping me open up as well. Um, the day that I figured out I could do readings, it was actually um, weird. My former boss um, passed away that day. And one of my colleagues was not at work. And I called her and I said, do you know that such and such passed away? And she said, oh, no, I didn't know that. Well, I'm having a bad day too. My roommate, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I said, well, who's that man standing next to her? That's blah, blah, blah. Looks like this. And she goes, um, that's her dead husband. And I said, oh, well, anyway, he said, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. So what I did is a friend of mine who was on my team, she gathered up people that I did not know. And I didn't even know their names. I just knew that at five o'clock, someone from New York, a New York exchange was going to call my phone and I was going to give them a free reading. And I did that for an entire summer, several nights a week to make sure that it truly was authentic. Hmm. And also you and I had had a session where you gave me a test to see where, <laughs> where my gift actually was going to be the strongest. And it's actually the opposite of what happened. If you remember, you tested me on psychometry and you tested me reading pictures and psychometry. I was like, 
you know, this person and uh, some reason I'm getting this state and it made sense. The person was from that state, blah, blah, blah. The pictures, I seem to suck at it. At that time. At that time, I I was like, okay, I'm not going to be doing pictures. This is not my thing. Um, I think that part of the reason is I am so concerned at being valid. I'm so concerned at giving a person the most they can get out of a reading. And I want to be accurate. I don't want to add any of that fluff. I don't want to do any fishing. I don't want to do all those things that you hear about psychics doing. Um, you, you mean like I'm getting an H and H does right. that ring a bell? Is that what you mean by fishing? Right. The fishing, okay. things like that. Right. And even if I do start off with something and it's a vague thing like that, I will apologize. I'm going, now the first thing I'm going to say is very vague, but then I'm going to fine tune it. So I don't want them to, and it won't be me asking them a question vague. It'll be me saying, well, this is the first thing I have. And it may be something very general, but then it turns into something specific. Right. Um, so I just, I, I have my conscience plays a part in what I do as well. Um, I run a lot of very extremely reasonable specials so that it's available, you know, to people in all kinds of, you know, economic demographics. Um, I probably give some of the cheapest and most affordable readings out there. I help paranormal groups who send me pictures. You have sent me things many a time. Um, if it's a location, I'll just say, send me a couple pictures of the inside of the house. And I do virtual walkthroughs. Um, and then I also balance that with free events. So there's times they, um, the local radio station did a fundraiser when we had those, um, the hurricane in Bahamas and they were trying to raise money for that. Anybody who donated $50 or more got a free reading. I didn't realize how popular that was going to be because they had to email me and I ended up with 150 readings, <laughs> but yeah, but it was for a good cause. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was for a yeah. good cause. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was daunting trying to get through those, but I'm glad I did it. And some of those ended up being long-term people who, you know, I talked to every six months or something like that. I'm not the kind that's going to say, Oh, you need to call me once a month. You know, no, you call me when you need me and it's probably not going to be that soon. And before we go any further real quick, this is something I should have done at the very beginning of the show, a quick shout out to Matt Barron who did the videography for the intro great job by the way and his information is going to be played as one of the commercials when uh we go on a short little break halfway through because it is a two-hour show um and also to my son thomas drake valdez who actually did the score the music for this he mixed it all up and he brought it all together he brought two songs together and he created that masterpiece as well he did a great job hi jenny how are you hon good to see you on there and uh, Jenny, I've known forever. I'm, I'm actually going to be on her show as a guest uh, on the 22nd. Am I right, Jenny? I think it's 22nd uh, Sunday. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to being on her show. It's, it's, it's going to be a hard act to follow because I, I hear Nick Groff pretty much brought in a lot of people. I don't think I'm going to bring that many people in, hon, but I'm going to try. Uh, there's my cousin from another fussing <laughs> bad rhyme <laughs> oh. i ain't dr seuss last time i checked 
Hi, oh, that was that was on dad joke level. <laughs> I oh. know. I am a dad three times <laughs> over. So, you know, what I find funny and and to everyone here that's already chimed in and said hello, um, y'all know. Okay, so a good preparing to go to Palmer House for an event with Brian and who? Raquel or Rachel, Rich, Richie? I don't know. I can't. I don't have my glasses on. But uh, oh, yes, oh, excuse me. Didn't you brag that you could see the screen? Yeah, I know. All of a sudden, I can't. Hold on. I'm mm -hmm. gonna be like my old man here. Oh, it went off. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna put my glasses on. There's no need. But anyways, um, if anyone ever really needs a really, really good reading, I really Hi, recommend it. Hi, Allison. How are you? I don't know her, but I'm Allison. I do. Actually, Allison is one that um, took me up on an offer through the other show. Okay. And, um, you know, I went to her house. I did it in person. She didn't expect me to show up in person because she lived like an hour away from me. But I had a best friend. And as it turned out, that best friend lived like two streets away. So, um, you know, we ended up, you know, giving her her reading and been, been friends ever since. Vicky, I have one complaint about you, and I know I sound stern. I really don't care. I've known you almost two decades. I can do this. Where the hell is Prince? I took him down. I thought it was too obvious. It looked like he was looking over my shoulder. That's the whole point. Okay. I thought I was going to get yelled out for having Prince as another co-host on here. Okay? Y'all just hold on. I will no, be right back. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no he's right at over the here. At the break. All right. Just bring him over and, you know, right. I, I'm just saying I love that it was charcoal, right? And it was yes. it was a picture done of Prince. Vicky, myself, and Tammy are huge, huge fans of Prince. And I'm telling you, when I saw this, I, we were doing a little testing on StreamYard the other day, and I saw it behind her. I'm like, is that Prince? And she was like, yes, it is. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to put my glasses on because it looks like if there's more words, yeah, this happens. Okay. I've known Rich since 2011 and he's been so uh, supportive. I'm glad I was able to nail him down for the interview. Haven't seen Rich since 2000. Has it been that long? Wow, yeah, that is a long time. That's that's a decade. Even though I've tried to get him to meet up every time I go to Florida or Utah, lol. You know what's funny is every time she goes to Utah, I'm in Florida. When she goes to Florida, I'm in Utah, so we always keep missing each other. But Jenny Davis, let me tell you, she, she's a sweetheart of a, of a woman. Love her to death. And she now has her own show. I believe it's called Turning the Page. If I'm not mistaken, if my memory serves me right. And uh, I'm looking forward to being on her show this coming weekend. So everyone, please tune in if you don't, if you haven't yet, uh, get to know her page. So um, so now that we got the Prince thing out of the out of the way and we got Jenny Davis and our history together and how long we've known each other and how we've, I can actually do this this time and get away with it, missed each other. Sometimes she's in Florida, sometimes, she, you know, She's in Utah and I'm the other way around. So it, it just, the universe has not seen it fit for us to just, you know, hook up and see each other and, and meet her, her daughter. 
and have her daughter meet, you know, Jen's and my daughter. So, you know, it's, it's just the way things have worked out, but, um, you know, you've done a lot of, a lot more work. You're holding back on me, Vicky. You really are. I'm disappointed in you because I know for a fact you've worked some cold cases. Yes. You didn't want to talk about that, did you? Well, I mean, it was on the down low for someone you, who... You don't worked. have to talk about details, but you can yeah, talk but just, about... Just the reason why, I mean, it, it was... I don't consider it a huge um, success, so to speak, but I do say that one of them involved uh, a murder. Um, the body had not been found, and I was within two miles of where the body was, and the area looked like I described it. Um, the only difference is I was kind of on the other side of the highway. So it put it two miles difference, but all the other components that were in there, um, that's where they found the body. Okay. No, and I totally understand you not being able to go into detail when it comes to cold cases, because, you know, it's a case, it's a police, you know, when the police get involved, that's totally different. But let me tell you something um you know it's i i find it fascinating that your gift has actually gotten to that point to where that's all you really need so uh give us some more as to how how do you use your gift during an actual case for point um i always stay clear of any information prior to the investigation so i have um, a client care representative who will uh, interview the client and i go in cold so when I go in, I do a walkthrough of the property, and that's just where I'm going to get my initial uh, sense of what kind of spirit and, um, you know, who they are, why they might be there. Now, because it's an official point case, it's not used as evidence. Uh, okay, but who actually, because you can't come in contact with that information. Right. You, you, it has to be your case manager, correct? Correct. She's right. the one who does the interview. Okay. Yeah. Um, so although I, and I've also, I encourage everybody on my team to develop their gift. So what, um, of course, the person who has interviewed the client already has prior knowledge, but everybody else will go ahead and do their walkthrough. They'll take notes or they'll put it on their recorder. And then at some point we will come together and we will compare notes. That's usually after we've conducted our first EVP session. We try not to let our psychic impressions gear our very first EVP sessions. Right. Then we'll meet. Um, we'll discuss what our uh, findings were, what our impressions were. And then we're going to gear the next EVP sessions based on our intuition and what we picked up to see if that helps get us more responses. You know and what's then, funny? Go on. And then the client gets an official report. They're going to get any EVPs that we captured. And they're going to have a special section that's going to be entitled Psychic Impressions. And I put all disclaimers on there that it is simply uh, not used as evidence, but this is what our psychics picked up during the investigation. Just It's kind of like additional information, but it's not what we're basing our decision on as to what is in the house. Who does uh, historical on your team? Um, Bobby Joe usually okay. does it. She'll do extensive um, background and that's done after the investigation. 
Okay. I, I try to keep as many people out of any kind of, because I have very gifted people on my team, I try to keep as much knowledge from them as I can so that the only person who really has a lot of info is the person who interviewed the client. The case manager. Mm-hmm. All right. So basically what you've created is like a, a team full of psychic mediums. I encourage them to develop their gifts. If you remember when we were on the previous team that we both were on, mm-hmm. uh, she, the the founder director was the psychic medium at that time. And she discouraged yeah. me to develop my gift. And that's why as a team leader, I've always encouraged my people to develop it. I am not the be all to end all. Anybody who has had a reading with me knows the first thing I say that I say, take what I say with a grain of salt. I don't pretend like I know everything. And same thing as going in and doing a walkthrough of a client's residence. I don't, I'm not the be all to end all. Somebody else may pick up on something that I didn't pick up on. And I want to encourage them to develop their gift. I've always felt that, and 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 not casting shade on on the way you've developed your team. If it works, it works. It is what it is. I've always felt that in any team, there needs to be someone grounded, someone that's not out there like you guys are feeling it out spiritually speaking, but grounded enough to be able to say, "Hey." Let's reel it back in a little bit. And um, well, I'm that person, actually. I'm very concrete and I'm very scientific. I will be the first one to say, okay, I pick up on this person over there, but that has nothing to do with the way we're going to gather this evidence. This has nothing to do with saying whether this place has a spirit in it or not. I am very scientific in the approach to analyze what we're looking at to give the client the best information. Right. And, and, and I've, okay. And you know, you know this about me. I'm very empathic, but I, I keep my empathic on the down low because I feel that it <laughs> helps me during the interview process with the client. It gives me an edge, if you will. And I feel that having learned over the years, how to shut it down. I think I've only had, two occasions where I was not able to shut it down and it was actually triggered because it was a demonic case. And as you have come across some demonic cases here and there, they know more about you and they know all the buttons to push. And let me tell you, it's never fun. Uh, Especially you kind of feel out of control. That's when I have to do some of my grounding. Elena, uh, I'm still trying to figure out my gifts. Uh, so, Elena, you know, who better wait, 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 wait. I was going to say, since she's the very first person who oh, yeah. sent a message specifically asking, go ahead and send, uh, where do you want her? Do you want her to send an email to me and I'll hook her up with a free reading? You want her to be the very first uh, 15 minute freebie and I'll see, because that's one of the things that I do on a reading. If a person is interested in what their gift is, I can usually tell them where that lies. So if you're interested, let me know. What do you think, Elena? Are you on board? Waiting to see if she responds.
Well, we can keep talking while we're waiting. Yeah. I may um, have just scared her off. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think she she responded there. Hold on. Let me see. She's interested. All right. There you go. All right. So, uh, Elena, what you do is, as you can see, there's a ticker that is streaming across the screen right now. And it, as I'm reading, it says, find readings by Vicky at HTTPS, double dot slash, www.facebook.com, readings by readings Vicky. Readings by Vicky. Just her. make sure you spell Vicky correctly because there's, I think there's one that spells it with just an I. So just send me a message on there or you can send me an email. This should be a pretty easy email to remember. It's Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y, 38Drew, D-R-E-W at AOL.com. Either way, we'll get you your free 15 minutes. When was the last time you all heard AOL? Just thought I'd say that. <laughs> yeah, my daughter makes fun of it too. And guess what? Hers is AOL. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we have someone else saying hi, Vicky. Hi. Parish, uh, oh, she's she's one of my loyal fans from the other podcast that I do, uh, and and this is how loyal and great she is. She showed up at my door yesterday with kettle corn from the South Florida Fair, and I'm not talking a little bag. I'm talking a bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God! You know the last time I actually had a kettle corn. Oh. Let me see. It was, or actually any kind of corn for that matter, uh, was back in 1994. Uh, really? And that's that's when I first discovered the, of diverticulosis. And I've not been able to have corn or any form of nuts or seeds ever since. Okay. Life sucks. So, you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, uh, we, we already got you a brand new customer there. Uh, Elena's it's a freebie. A sweetheart. It's a freebie. It's a freebie. Yes. Uh, and Elena, please do me and Vicky a favor. Uh, join us again next week and let us know how that reading went. Because let me tell you something. She, I'll tell you right now. And Vicky knows this. Uh, when I need someone to turn to, and it has to involve something that has to do with the paranormal there's only you know as the old saying goes who are you gonna call vicky and vicky's she's the bomb and she knows what she's doing and the thing is is i wanted to ask you this because i you know I, I i'm always paying attention to what you say you say when spirit and you also said spirits okay you know commune but when you speak to spirit are you referring to the spirit that's coming through or is a yes. guy, is there a guide spirit guide that helps you commune? No. So no, I, I speak directly to whomever the person wants to hear from. So okay. it's directly. And to be honest, and you know, some people will say, Oh, that's, that's it. I don't even know who my spirit guides are. I do not speak to them. I don't communicate with them. Um, they're there. They have to be. Um, yeah. But I'm just not, I can see other people's spirit guides. I don't see my own personal spirit guides. 
Um, my friend Bobby Joe, she always jokes that, you know, people like, are you always bothered or, or spirits always talking to you? No, I only read when I am supposed to read. Um, she said, it's like I have bodyguards with those velvet ropes, you know, back in the day to get into the club with the velvet ropes yeah. and they know when to open the rope and to let the person in that's supposed to speak to me. And I'm very, very lucky that way. The only spirits that have ever bothered me when they weren't supposed to, ironically, was Bobby Joe's grandmother and her uncle, who after a reading, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth across my bed, talking all night to each other. So <laughs> there you go. Elena just said I sent a message on your Facebook messenger, Vicky. So all there you right. have it. Yep. There it is. Okay. And you will get your reading. Uh, if there are any other takers, please feel free. You know, um, as far as I'm concerned, just the fact that we're live right now and people are watching us and I was expecting just one or two, to be honest with you. And we got five. I've even seen it as far as seven. That's great. I'm thrilled with this. Uh, but, you know, I want people to know more about, you know, we, I, I know what got you started into investigating the paranormal, but did you have what was your first paranormal experience, personal paranormal experience? I don't care how far back it was. Just say it. I honestly, growing up, I don't remember, except for the fact that I had an imaginary friend. And his name was Tabby Toey. How young were you? Um, I would say I knew Tabby Toey between the ages of four and six. And um, I don't, I remember what he looks like, exactly what he looks like. I mean, I must have been pretty, if I made him up, I mean, come on, his name was Tabby Toey. I was pretty imaginative, but I used to play with him and he would talk to me. I guess supposedly I used to freak my sister out by mm. talking about Tabby Toey and that he was in the room with us. And she said that I was very serious and she got a little spooked. But other than that, honestly, I didn't have a lot of experiences until I started investigating the paranormal. And then that's when all the things opened up and all these different experiences happened. But prior to that, I always, I loved Scooby-Doo. I loved every, my friend Barry, every single house we went by and we're like, oh, that looks spooky. That must be haunted. But as far as experiencing anything, not much. I mean, I had a house one time that I woke up, it was early on a Sunday and there was a music box playing problem is I didn't own a music box. Um, and one time I took a shower and when I came out of the shower, the faucet was running and um, I yelled at the spirit because my water bill was very expensive where I used to live. <laughs> so I'm like, if you want my attention, do it something else, but it was nothing major, nothing like to really alarm me or, you know, anything like that. I actually growing up was kind of a scaredy cat and I probably would have, if I had, had too many of them, I would have run screaming. Um, my friends would drag me to horror movies and I'd have to sleep on my parents' floor. <laughs> and um, But one night I was on the floor scared and I started to talk to God. And I said, I don't want to be afraid anymore. And it felt exactly like he took his arms and put them around me. I was engulfed in this warmth. I have not been afraid since that day 
You know, it's funny when you mentioned the age that you started with your imaginary friend, four to six, you said? Yeah. Okay. This New Year's Eve, um, although Jen has claimed that our daughter, Trinity, has been saying this for at least two years, I was very close to my aunt, Ileana. Um, she, as you know, she was down syndrome. She passed away several years back and ironically her death dates coming up. It, we buried her on Valentine's day, but she died, uh, two days before that. Um, long story short, um, I overheard my daughter saying, I'm playing with my, with my friend, Yana, Yana. And I was like, Yana. And Jen looked at me and she said, she's, she's had that imaginary friend for like two years now. You've never heard her say that you've heard her say that. And I said, no. And I started thinking about it. I don't know why it just, as my mind, just Scorpio can't help it. Started thinking about it. And I said, Yana sounds very much like Eliana. And I was very close to my aunt Eliana due to the fact that she was, you know, down syndrome. I, I, you know, Tammy and I helped take care of her every weekend. And, uh, when she died, I was there when she took her last breath, it was hospice. My heart broke. Um, needless to say, I'm here thinking of myself. And since I do have a psychic medium here as my co-host, hi, um, could it be that because I have this hunch thinking, is that my aunt that she's been talking to this whole time playing with? More than likely. Ch children before the age of seven are way more open to the other side than we are. Um, if you have a relative that you were attached to, of course, they're going to be very attached to any of your offspring. Because she's under the age of seven, she has natural ability that has not been stifled. And that's the problem is usually by the age of seven, we have inadvertently stifled our ability. Unfortunately. Nobody really, no, nobody really does it on purpose. But, you know, when your kid said there's a monster under the bed, you say, no, 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 there's not. There's not. And there might be a spirit under the bed, but you don't want to tell them the truth. So more than likely... Um, she has actually, she's covered your daughter up when she's kicked her covers off. Hmm. So she's very protective and she watches over for safety type issues. Just so you know. Fascinating. I, I, you know, it's, it's weird because she predominantly sleeps still with mommy and daddy for now. Um, but I wouldn't be able to tell you if, if she has or has, maybe, maybe that's why she prefers sleeping out of the covers because she's gotten used to the cold. Cause right now it's freezing, by the way, I think it's like in the upper thirties here in Utah. Uh, but at night it drops even more and we don't keep the heater on because unless you want to feel like a, a, a Thanksgiving Turkey, that's what you're going to feel. Even though the, the bedroom is in the basement you still will feel it and you will sweat. Um, but that would explain why she's always <laughs> kicking her own uh, 
blankets off. Interesting. And, and, and you know, it, it actually, I'll admit it, you know, I, I, it made me cry because uh, I miss her very much. And uh, as you know, my father died recently. As far as, you know, it's, it, I can't believe it's been a year, but he died August 2nd, 2021. And uh, I'm, I still, I'm still grieving in the grieving process with, with the loss of my father. But to know that Eliana's watching over her, that's refreshing. Do you feel that your mom is watching over you or your daughter, or your sons? No, no, not in particular. I don't read for myself, okay. number one. Um I have too much of an invested interest. My mom primarily visits in dreams. That's okay. her form. She very much wanted to go to what I call the other side, what she called heaven. Right. I think that um, she was a good mom. She went above and beyond. And I think she is taking advantage of the fact that she is on the other side and she can rest. Because when we go to the other side, we have options and we have freedoms. And some people choose to come back in visitation and spend a lot of their time in that. Some people choose to stay over there. Some people split their time evenly. It just depends on the person and what their preferences are. But I think that my personal opinion is that my mom spends most of her time on the other side. You know what's funny? You know, I've heard it said, and I actually do believe this theory, that when we pass on, we do have the choice. To move on to the greater beyond be it you know in the presence of god heaven actually anywhere you are we're in the presence of a greater you know greater power god whatever you choose to to make it but i remember years back my mentor and and dear friend of mine bishop long we were at an event together and it was the first time all day into the night that we actually had actually 10 15 minutes something like that to sit down uh, and this was at the Kenilworth Lodge down in Florida, uh, sit down and have no one, I mean, not a soul pass by and ask to take a picture with him or have me take a picture of him with the individual. And I, I asked him, you know, Bishop, th there's, there's been an ongoing, um, belief, not only on my side, but also within the paranormal that we only we paranormal investigators only communicate with demons portraying to be human i'm sure you've heard this before come on now um <laughs> but <clears throat> the funny thing is is the person that put me in place and answer my question was of all people a bishop for the old catholic church and he said you know rich let me ask you a question what is it that god made about us that is so different and i was like I don't know. He made us in the image of God. He's like, no, 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 no. Something else. I, I, it just wouldn't come to me. And he said, free will, free will. And he stated, where does it state that our free will is taken away from us when we die? He has a point there. And that made me think, I mean, a huge light bulb actually just popped up on on top of my head and I was thinking to myself good god he's right um so yes I do agree with you I I believe that wherever we when we pass on from this flesh do have the choice to actually stay or go or come back we're free to come and go as we please because I know I've had dreams 
of my grandfather, my dad, my grandmother, people that have passed on. And I know it's them visiting me. I, I just have that feeling because I can smell them. I smell what they used to wear as perfume or cologne. When it's my grandfather, I smell cigars. When I, when I, when it's my grandmother, I smell that rose perfume. Um, when it's my dad, I, it's his, his baritone voice that I hear coming through and I see him. Um, those dreams that you've had, how do you know for sure? It's just not a generic dream that you're having of your mom because you miss her or that it's really her coming through. Well, the one most significant dream that I had, um, there was a problem when she passed away. My sister was causing some problems and the will was being contested and all these other things. So I believe that my mom was hanging around a little bit to make sure everything was fine. So after everything was completed, my sister lost her case. I, my kids and I, we got, we bought our new house and everything was settled. I went to bed one night and in the dream, my mom was there and the kids were there. And I said, well, are you going to go out to eat with us after church? And she said, well, I don't have that much longer, but you know, we'll see. And my ex was there and she gave him a hug and she forgave him for everything he had ever done. And then a car pulls up and in the car is my dad who died many, many years before her. Mm -hmm. And she looks up and she goes, my ride's here. Oh, look at that. And my mom, my dad came out of the car, took her over to her side, put her in the car and the car drove away into like a movie into this, the sunset type of thing. And they, I knew that that was her way to say everything's settled. Now it's time for me to rest. She comes in dreams um, in times where I need that little extra something to know that I'm not alone. It may be a silly dream. It may not have anything to do with her specifically, but she'll just be in the background somewhere. Right. And I think that's just her saying, I'm here. I know that you've got some stuff going on, but I'm here. It, it, it's funny how they, they can be so... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, in the background, uh, but kind of you also just being in the background and not really being in the forefront of everything, you know, they are there, you know, they're there for a reason. Uh, how many of you in the chat room have had dreams by the way? So, you know, I don't want to leave everyone out here. I know you guys are here to get to know us, but how many in the chat room have actually had dreams of deceased loved ones? And please write in the chat and uh, Jen will get your, your message through to us and uh, share with us. That's one of the other reasons that I wanted to get Greetings from Beyond Radio started again is because oftentimes people get shows started just to have it be about them. And sure, it's about them because we're the hosts. But one of the things that Vicky and I agreed on was making it about you and including you. We don't want you to feel like you've been excluded. We want you included. We need you guys to put your two cents worth. And right in the chat, if you've had dreams of deceased loved ones that have passed on, do you feel they were trying to bring you a message 
And if they were, do you feel, do you think it was actually spot on? We'd love to hear from you. So uh, tell us a little more about point. Cause you know, every time I've spoken to you, you always have a freaking case going on one or two. I know for a fact, a few weeks yeah. ago, I had asked for some assistance on a case that was taking place in Florida. And you were like, I just can't. I got two cases that I can't drive that far. Screw you. You're right now. Your um, excuse me. You're paraphrasing. <laughs> and I don't talk like that. Okay. <laughs> um, no, you know what? My theory has been from day one. I've never really advertised. I have a legitimate website. You know, I, I don't just advertise on Facebook. I have the real website. Um, I do have the exposure on being on the other podcast where I'll mention my services. But my theory has always been, I don't think I need to advertise my free services as a paranormal investigator, but the people who need me will find their way to me. And I think that is evidenced by how many cases end up in our laps. I, I find that to be fascinating. Oh, there is one. I definitely have dreamt about family members that have passed. Vicki has helped me with these dreams. She has helped me navigate the dreams and is on point. Pun intended, because that's the name <laughs> of your team. Um, so apparently you have someone here that you've helped already when it comes to loved ones that have passed on come to her in a dream and and you don't have to go into detail i totally understand you know being uh keeping that uh confidential one of my but, services is i am constantly doing dream interpretation for people that stuff is like you know a friend of mine would say oh i had this wacky dream and she'll type it all out to me and i go well this is what this means blah 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 so that's that's just one of the other services that I offer. Elena says, uh, I've had a visit from my uncle that had passed away before my last heart surgery. And I believe this was when I was in the induced coma. Uh, and he had brought another gentleman with him telling me to keep fighting on, not give up. And when I mentioned to my mom that moment, she asked me what the other man looked like. And I explained and come to find out it was my grandfather that had passed when I was six months old. You know, there's so many times in readings where someone will come across, Thank the you, spirit Elena. will come across, and I'll describe them. And the person will say, well, that sounds like my great grandmother, but I never met her. And family's family. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter whether you ever met them. They are fully aware that you exist and they are there. And in some ways they have the advantage of being on the other side. Because if, if you know, let's just say you had a relative that lived in California and you live in Florida and you have something going on in your life. If they're physically in California, they're going to have a hard time helping you. If they're spirit, they're going to be right there by your side. You just have to be open to their presence and to feel the comfort that they're providing you. I have to agree with you there. And oftentimes we're not, we don't even realize that we can't, we don't know how to be open. So sometimes when we're sleeping in that meditative state is when we are most open to their messages through dream. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Yes. Dream. I always tell people, they'll ask me, you know, I had this dream. Was it really them? I said, most likely it is because that's the easiest way for them to communicate because we're not fighting back and forth. 
we're not saying, oh, that's not really happening or, oh, I must be hallucinating. Must have been the pizza that I ate. When you're in your dream state, you're receptive to those messages and you're going to be able to receive them better. I will admit, though, when I've had naps after I've <laughs> had some meals, some really bad meals, I've had some really bad nightmares. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, from Allison Yates. That's me, Vicky. All my wacky dreams, Brandy. Yeah, that's Brandy with the wacky dreams there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> be it however it may come. This is one certain way. I've wondered, I, I wonder if people have ever ex experimented during investigations, clients going to sleep and actually running. A, I know I've done it through video, but actually a recorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To see if spirit is coming through, communicating yeah. with them when they're dreaming. Yeah. There was this one particular case we had years ago, and we had a client that did not sleep until we came there on the weekends. We went seven weekends in a row. And we set up audio and video in the bedroom because she kept saying that she would just get to the point of falling asleep and she would hear like the sound that would wake her up and this, that, and the other, but she never heard the sound during the day or this would happen. And we were actually able to confirm that those sounds were happening. There was not a logical explanation that it was some type of spirit in her house and they were trying to keep her from falling asleep. Now she slept like a baby when we were there though, because she knew we were watching and ready to jump in if, if anything were to happen. That, that, that was, that's kind of rude. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I personally, man, I, I, I need my ugly sleep. So, you know, if someone comes in and starts interrupting my sleep, we're going to have issues, uh, parish. Is there other ways to tune in other than while you're sleeping? You just have to be open to what's going on around you. Close. I always recommend the first thing a person does is close their eyes. If you have eliminated your sense of sight, then your other senses are heightened. And guess what? You're more likely to physically feel spirit or to hear them than you are to see them, typically. Well, you know, we're going to have to pick up on that when we come back from our commercial breaks. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about you and a little bit more about me. But we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Prince. Oh, definitely, you better break Prince.
Kind of, sort of. There's a and Prince. Prince. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give a shout out as we're coming back from commercial. Let's Definitely. give Jen a shout out for all of this getting us on here, doing the commercial, getting all this stuff put together. Can she pop up here on the screen for a minute and let everybody see the magic that is her? <laughs> Is she shy? <laughs> she's being shy. I kind of see her on the bottom screen, but she's not showing up yet. She'll be here in just a few seconds. I like to give credit where credit's due. Here she I is. I agree. I agree. I like to give credit. So far, this is looking professional for sure. Can't hear you. No, still can't. Oh no. There. Okay, there, there we is. are. All right. I, I'm on two different computers here, so yeah. See, I'm gonna <laughs> I just wanted to give her credit for all the hard work she's doing just to make it possible for us to sit here and talk. Yeah. It, if it wasn't for her, we we'd be nowhere right now because I she's gonna have to walk me through this one day. Yeah, I, I, I'm still learning myself, so well, but we're slowly job. getting there. Good job. Definitely. definitely. And, and Jen, Jen, hmm? meet, Pr meet Prince. I actually like that painting. That is a very nice painting. It's not, it's not a painting, though, it's, ironically. It's, yeah, it's charcoal. Uh, a friend of mine did it. 
Um, her name is Araceli. Oh. She always works in big canvases. So she had to kind of give me one that would fit in my house because she's done ones like whole walls before. And I have been waiting oh, wow. for this. So I met her like in 2016. And I've been waiting. It was just the right time. I got her where she was inspired. I sent the original picture in as to which mm -hmm. one I wanted her to do. And it is spot on. So she's wow. a great artist. You know, next I show. Really like next show. Um, what we should do. And and if you can uh, get a close up of of Prince because I, I see detail, but I'm sure if, if it was up to the camera, people would really be able to see it. Um, put out. Her well, you can really see it now. Let's see if I put them. Oh too wow! Close. See, it's rather large. See his eyes. Yeah. Oh wow. That's and, look at his even like his throat. Like, look at the detail. He's got the Adam's apple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, this is and 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 another shout out from Elena. Good job, cuz. Um, I think the you know, one of the things we should do for the next show is Vicky, when you have the opportunity, uh, to give us uh, this artist's information. We would, you know, post it down in the ticker so that people can actually, you know, get her to do something for them that they really want done. Yeah, I she doesn't do a whole lot. She does it mostly for friends and things like that. But I can definitely reach out to her and see if she wants um, her information out there for sure. But yeah, Let's she's see. phenomenal. Allison, uh, I've gotten used to the noises, knocks, shadows, and voices in the house. LOL. We're we're all we're all friends. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, thank you, Jen. Thank you. Um, and you know, to what Allison Yates just said, and this is just my personal preference i prefer to live in a uh ghost free zone especially demon free zone being i'm a demonologist as well and i always take every precautionary measure that let's say just for argument's sake unless it's it's a welcomed visit from a deceased loved one which i don't mind but if it's someone that i don't know and they happen to to be uh, staying in my home. That's a big no for me. That's just me. But uh, how do you feel about that when it when it comes to my home has always been like don't bother me zone. Yeah. Um, you can set up rules. Uh, there's an author that I love. She wrote two paranormal books. Linda Alice Dewey. And when she first started having these spirits visit her home in order to tell their story about how they had become earthbound and then went to the other side, her son accidentally saw a spirit one day and she didn't think anything about letting them in her house until that day. Okay. And then she set up the parameters. If you want to tell the story, I'll meet you at the edge of the woods, you know, at the edge of her property and we can do our sessions there 
but you're not allowed in the home. There was another famous psychic who she would confine them to the dining room because she would walk through the house at first and she'd go around a corner and she'd bump into somebody unexpected. And she finally said, listen, you want to talk to me? You stay in the dining room and I'll get to you. So you can set up rules just like you would with anything else in life. You set up the rules and the parameters of when they can communicate and what they can do. Now to have a completely spirit free home, good luck. There's more spirits around us than there are living, breathing humans. Right now, I probably have, you know, probably 10 to 15 spirits here watching this show. Well, last time I checked, you're not Allison Dubois. But, uh, and thank God for that, because you would, yeah, you'd be pulling your hair out of your head. Um, that being said, I, I remember a case. This happened to Brown, I'd have to say, eight years back. And it was a case that came to the attention of Paranormal Consulting Agency, which happens to be my team back in Florida. And this uh, client was dealing with, let's just say it was a subway station of spirits going through her home. And as time went by and we went there at least, I'd say six times, we start i started realizing she was a sensitive and it's not that it was her fault or anything like that it's just her gift she just didn't know how to control it so naturally they would come through like a subway station all the time trying to communicate with her and communicating with her youngest son at that time and eventually her baby girl as well and i had to actually train her on how to meet with her outside of the house kind of like what you just said and i told her what you could do and it's a suggestion because if you put salt on the outside of the house problem is that a good rain and if if anyone's ever been in florida it can rain at any time the sun could be out shining hot and you're glistening in the in your own sweat and then just like that it starts raining out of nowhere it'll wash the salt away so i told her put it on the inside of your doorway and on the inside of your window sills and it should be left out you know no spirits should be coming in after that and you know what it started working for her and i started helping her learn how to meditate ground herself before going through with these things as she said it was exhausting she would be out there sometimes two two and a half hours and it was one spirit after the other after the other and oftentimes what people don't understand is spirits just want to get their story across to you. They just need a, you know, listening ear. They, they need someone to hear them out. They don't need to. Sometimes what feels like a haunt to you is really their way of trying to get your attention so they can, you know, give you a message. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell my uh, clients, you're basically a big giant bug light for spirits. Yeah. They're attracted to you. And yeah. they're always going to be attracted to you. There have been houses that, you know, if things get particularly bad, we may do a cleansing and it'll be good for six months or so. But then at some point, it's probably going to pick back up because you're the bug light. And they just have to, with what I've done with a lot of people who are bug lights, as I call them, with chronically um, spirited homes, Mm -hmm. is I basically just give them the knowledge of what is going on and give them peace of mind about what they're dealing with. And then they learn how to deal with it. 
agreed you know uh just looking at our chat right here um a big shout out from parish uh duva that prince piece is amazing yeah and elena she was told to put railroad nails on all four corners of her property i've never heard of that one um i've only heard of salt i've heard of placing uh blessed metals on north south east and west digging a hole and actually putting it in there have you ever heard of anything like that railroad nails no i've never heard i've the probably the most out there thing that i've ever heard of is putting the lemons in each corner of every room to soak up any kind of negativity and then negative energy um i've never heard the railroad thing okay well there's i'm not casting shade on it because for all we know mm -hmm. it's something that actually does work I, uh, i'm open to learn anything i can learn <laughs> so Oh, big shout out to Katie Turner, good friend of mine. I was on her show, Richard Ruins, and her show uh, sometime last year, was it? Or the year before, I'm not sure. Thank you for joining in. I appreciate it. Um, uh, great person, by the way. Um, Elena, I never did it. I thought it sounded funny. Uh, you know, if to, to that, um, if it doesn't sound right, don't do it. That's your right. gut. Right. You know, trust your gut. And that's why I tell people who want to do cleansings of their own home. No, <laughs> call someone who has some experience. I can't tell you how many times somebody has contacted me after they decided to sage their own house. Yeah. And they call in a panic. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you saged your own house. Now let's figure out what's going on. And it's very important, too, when you ever decide to do a cleansing, you can't think of it as pest control. You right. can't treat for bugs if you have roaches, you know, like ants and roaches difference. So you need to figure out exactly what's going on. You yourself can attest to the fact if you had something demonic and you go in with your little rinky dink, you know, human spirit cleansing, you're going to kick it off big time. Don't get me started on that because <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, oh man. So it's um, unfortunately people, there's a good size to, side to Google and there's a negative side <laughs> for the most part. Um, Googling, you know, your own cleansing methods can be actually dangerous sometimes. What's, what's the name of that book? Um, God, it's, it's, I've, it's been around forever. Something, something for dumb people. Oh yeah. And there's all kinds you know, there's so, computers for dummies and yeah, yeah, all yeah. Kinds of ones like that, yeah. And and there has to be a Google for dummies. And uh, I, my goodness, the 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 questions I've been asked over the years that have literally raised that brow, uh, it's a no. I'm I'm like, wh how, what, who moved the rock? Seriously, right. who told you this? Because that that's that's the equivalency of saying. You know how to put out a fire, you add gas to it. And and I'm thinking to myself, no. Yeah. Bad. But often well, they need to think that. of it as important as if you're uh especially here in Florida, if your air conditioning breaks, <laughs> are you gonna take it off and try to fiddle with it? I don't think so. Not in Florida with your air conditioning, you're gonna call a professional. You're gonna call someone who's been working on air conditioners a few years. 
So the same thing, I understand people get themselves into situations where they're scared and they may even be desperate. And so they do, they start Googling and they start looking. And honestly, that's how people find you and I, you might find us in a Google search to help. What I would just caution people is anything that's a self-help kind of situation when it comes to spirits, be very, very cautious before you try anything on your own. I agree. One of the things, and this is something that's actually stuck in my crawl for the longest time, has been hearing of people saying, I saged my home to get rid of this negative spirit and demons. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so now correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't think I am because I've pretty much spoken to just about every, you know, new agey practitioner out there and i pretty much know how things work but every single time i've asked them this question and it hasn't been often i it only takes me once or twice to say i get it i get it do you use sage when getting rid of demons or or uh you know really nasty spirits human spirits from your home and they immediately have stopped me and said no you use sage to remove negative energy left living. by the living mm -hmm. okay you can and also use based. you can also use sage to smudge yourself when leaving an yes. investigation because that will help prevent something from following you Correct. but generally speaking absolutely not if that's not what it's for and, and i hear this all the time it's just not you know people coming to me or or my team or yours I also hear it all the time. And hi, Courtney from Paranormal United Network, Paralanx One. Uh, that's the network that we're working through. Uh, I hear it on radio shows and I see it on TV too. This is the part that really ticks me off. There's a lot of people out there that use this during a show to get rid of demons, to get rid of belligerent spirits and human spirits in their home you're wasting your time you're just blowing smoke in their air in their in their face and they're going well it's more than wasting their time you're pissing off whatever's there yeah um we were very careful in the inception of point when it came to cleansings and we would do controlled experiments using sage initially for that purpose to test it Right. And what we found consistently across the board, when you sage your property, you're going to have peace for three days at most, because I kind of use the analogy because it smells like pot. They're kind of chilled out. You know, they're kind of like just uh, they're mellow for three days. <laughs> what happens after the three days and the high's gone, just like if you're coming down and you get the munchies. They got the munchies and they are going to start acting up with a vengeance. Guess who and the munchies are. <laughs> exactly. So that's why it's important. Like mine isn't just personal opinion. These were actual controlled experiments that my team and I did. Yeah. To make sure that I was giving correct information and using the right techniques we, our purpose is to not make things worse. The whole point we're going in is to make it better. Exactly. Not worse for the person.
And, you know, there, there's something to be said about that. That has also gone by the wayside over the years. Um, back in the day when I first started, I'm talking back in the 80s, and I'm sorry to go that far back. But when I started paranormal investigating, it was pretty much with a Polaroid camera and a tape recorder. Okay, when I say tape recorder, it actually required a tape cassette inside the recorder, okay, with a lead tape. And that is unheard of nowadays. Everything is digital. But I actually went to an abandoned location at that time in 1987. Okay, I want you to go far, far back. 1987. Biltmore Hotel in Coral Gables, Florida. Um, it was abandoned. It was closed up, boarded up. But there was a way in. And I went in there. And I went all the way to the very tippy top. I had to pass a lot of homeless people, uh, unfortunately. But I tried. I got no evidence whatsoever. None. First time out. I'm just being honest. But that being said, um, that was the research part of things. As time went by, I did start getting evidence little by little. And then shortly after that, a few years later, I started my demonology training under my pastor, Frank Marzullo, as a religious demonologist. And that's where the conflict came in. But that's for another time and another another uh, show. Um what I've discovered is that there is a very important balance that must be kept when it comes to the paranormal investigating side of things. Not only are we trying to help people, which is paramount when it comes to both your team, Vicki, and mine, but we also have to remember we're researching, we're applying scientific methodology. And I want people to understand this. Scientific methodology is understanding what an EMF stands for, what EVP stands for what and how it affects different fields and the theories behind them. We're trying to actually make these fact. So you got to test it out. I also go as far as when my team go in, goes into a location, we also have the moon phase. We also take barometric pressure. Do you guys know what barometric pressure is and how it can possibly more than likely affect a spirit coming through? Not too many people know this. Um, that, the one thing I've discovered, and this is something I've discovered, so I'm always paying attention. And I don't know if you have, I'm going to ask you, Vicky, and everyone in, in the chat room. When you first come in and there's really nothing going on, everything is quiet, you're setting all your equipment up. Have you or have you not noticed, because I have, at least me, barometric pressure drops. Very much like when you are in, in an airplane and your ears pop, Okay. That's usually when we get the EVPs. That's usually when we get some kind of photographic evidence. And it also happens to be when the barometric pressure machine that I use drops. So that means that when you're in the presence of a spirit and the barometric pressure machine drops, there's something in there with you that you can't see. And EMF, for those that don't know what EMF stands for, is electromagnetic field. Now, when the field fluctuates, it also theoretically is believed that there's a spirit nearby. But I remember back in the day when K2 meters didn't even exist. Do you even recall, Vicky, what machine was used back then? We didn't use anything back then. You didn't use anything in, back then. In Florida Ghost Team, we didn't use anything. Are you That's where I started using it in, in Florida Ghost Team. And I was in Florida Ghost Team before you. We used yeah. cell sensors. And the cell sensor, ironically, is what um, electricians use in order to find all the wiring on, on the wall. 
She didn't use one until one of my future team members who I took with me on my team. She bought a very expensive one. So if she had one back when you were there, I don't know who that belonged to, but we didn't have one until, yeah, until my team member brought one on Florida Coast team. <laughs> well, you know, and look, uh, it's funny. I, I, I started my paranormal investigating <laughs> by myself long before I joined Florida Ghost Team. I simply joined Florida Ghost Team back in 2003 because I wanted to know what it was like to work with a team. I had always done this by myself. I had always applied scientific methodology and all the different things, even even the, you know, flour and talcum powder. I don't know if you've ever used that, Vicky, uh, to see if there were any prints left behind by a spirit. I used that. OK, um, but I wanted to see if how teams actually worked. OK, and I started learning more of what not to do. With clients. Not so much investigations, but with clients when it came to being with Florida Ghost Team. Now, not trying to cast shade on, on you know, the founder, but she wasn't a people person. That's why she had other people there like you and me to be people persons because she was rough around the edges. I love her to death. I, I, I hope and pray. Hope and pray she's yeah. still alive. I mean, if this gets out there, we could put, please, if you're out there, reach out to one of us. We really want to know that you're still with us. Yeah, we really do. Because you know what? We say these things and, and you know, we may have learned some things not to do or whatever. But the fact is, I will state it. I wouldn't be where I am sitting here right now today if it weren't for her. Because she is what, and her team and her exposure and being a TAPS affiliated is what got me my experience. Kudos and amen to that. Um, we're not naming names because quite frankly, right. it's out of respect. Uh, but she was the one that blazed the first trails in the state of Florida and actually brought a blip to the state of Florida when it came to paranormal investigating as far back as 2002. And I joined a year after she had just started her team. And she was the first TAPS-affiliated paranormal team in the whole state of Florida. I had no idea. To be honest with you, I was with her for a good year. And I always saw TAPS on there. But I, I, did, I never put two and two together that TAPS was what we now still refer to as ghost hunters. And we were working very much like you. I remember we were working two, maybe three cases because we had that we had that many people joining. And I had to manage two cases <clears throat> while she managed one and literally keep in touch through a cell phone. Yeah. And that was wow. I mean, we were everywhere. And yeah, I'm sure we, you know what that was like. We had one night where I was in one location with her and a couple people. We had another group in another location, and we met up that night at a third location to do three cases in that one night. Elena Stauffer, Stauffer, sorry, my, my bad. Stauffer Shields uh, says, dousing rods, those are pretty devices that people used before electronic devices, right? And um, yes. They still do. They still do. But if you know a little bit of the history on dousing rods, uh, rods they were actually used to find water. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is theoretically now, and it's been for some years now in the paranormal field, used to find spirits. I 
I'm kind of on the fence about that one. I had never used them in investigating until last year when I stayed at the Stanley Hotel. And I went on the ghost tour at the Stanley Hotel. And they take you over to a separate building that is the theater. By the and way, so, by the way, I hate you because you went to the one place that I want to go to that's on my bucket list. Go on. <laughs> anyway, hate you too. Um, so <laughs> when you're over there, they give everybody the opportunity to, you know, hold on to the dowsing rods. And so a couple people are doing it and nothing's happening. So of course they hand it to me. And so I, first you do like this, right. To clear any other energy. And so I'm holding them and I start asking questions and I'm specific. If you are here, make them go all the way around. So I was able to get them to respond to questions, specific questions, whether I say, okay, cross them. If it's yes, go away from, if it's no, whatever I did. Nothing's and I actually close. got, yeah, I actually got responses using them and you can't do it yourself because you're holding like this little, um, this metal thing and they're inside the metal thing. So you would have to do this yeah. in order to move it. And I'm holding it out for everybody to see just as straight as possible. Did you ever, cause I've, I've used them and I always tuck my, Mm -hmm. elbows in you got to make sure you're you're not moving right and not moving at all and same yes. when you're using a pendulum you got to make sure you're not moving now to, to answer elena's question previous question and she's she's stating she wants to go there so bad you know ironically if i'm not mistaken i believe it's in in colorado mm -hmm. right Estes all right Park. so it's just a state over it's not that bad you guys should go there for your anniversary hint hint um but I've used it, and I think the only time that I actually did get some um, activity or get it to work, uh, a former medium I used to work with on my team uh, who used to work with energy. Um, and in, in fact, you know this individual, I'm, I'm choosing not to name his name right now because, you know, long story. Um, but he even went with me when we were first helping you guys form your team. And he actually did some energy work on you guys. And he did the pull, push. He didn't do it on you, but he did it on a few other people that were there on your team. He did it on me. But one location that we were investigating called the Redland Hotel in Homestead. I remember he had a mastery of energy to where I was holding dousing rods. I'll never forget this because I actually have it on tape. I got to look for it. And he literally put his hands around it and he made it cross. And then he made it split. And they did this and they started spinning. And I was like, dropped it and walked away. I was like, screw this. Because <clears throat> it's so weird you expect it from a spirit maybe, but when a person can actually do that, it kind of makes you think, what are dousing rods? Who came up with the concept of dousing rods to find water in the first place? I, I, I'm, You know what? I guess that's my homework for tonight. I'm going to look that up because I know that dousing rods were not dousing rods like we know. They were, it was a, a switch, right? From a tree. And, Usually, yeah. yeah the very was, first ones. 
it would bend down or, or something mm -hmm. like that and show yeah. you where there yeah, was water. Yeah, it would water. literally go like that. And that's where people would start digging for water. So I'm going to do some research and find out when it made the switch from looking for water and communicating with spirits to uh, entertain Elena's question here. What was the most... I'm expanding on it, by the way. The most memorable experience you had. What is it at the Stanley or Shanley Hotel? I always forget. Stanley. Stanley Hotel. What while I was, experience? While I was there, well, the dowsing rod thing was kind of cool because I got to show off a little bit. Um, but we. You, you didn't see twins or anything like that? No. When we first, we were supposed to have a specific room. And we went to go check in and none of our keys worked. So we go downstairs, they give us new, you know, cards. We go back up, they still don't work. We end up calling for maintenance, blah, blah, blah. And at first they were like, this is weird. It seems like the door is bolted from the inside. And I was not scheduled to stay in one of the more haunted rooms or the more, you know, renowned rooms. And so when the guy came up and he said, we can't get in here. It's like it's bolted from the inside. But he goes, come on, let's go find you a better room. He was a real friendly guy. We ended up with one of the most famous rooms because the tours used to stop outside our door. It was right at when you get off the elevator. Mm. And um, it was, you know, a fairly haunted room. And um, I did have a couple experiences, including the bathroom door uh, slamming shut in the middle of the night. And... I had disturbing dreams that I think was something telling me in this one dream. I don't remember all the details now, but there were, we had what used to be, it probably was a balcony, but they had enclosed it. And out there they had like a little table and the coffee maker, no plug by the way. So I don't know why the coffee maker was out there because it was no play, way to plug it in. But anyway, mm. so in the dream, there were three boxes on the table. And the male spirit in the dream was telling me that something is connected to these three boxes. And so that was kind of, I woke up and I was like, that feels like somebody was actually here giving me a message more than just a random dream. I never felt uncomfortable. I, it is a place that was on my bucket list. I'm glad I went there once was enough. I will stay at a hotel that actually has a plug for my coffee maker next time. And, uh, but I'm glad I went. And so anybody who has an interest at all, I would go, I would go take the ghost tour and really enjoy your time. It was cold. So that part was fun too. We went up in the Rocky mountains and there was snow and there's just a lot of things to do. Estes park is a cute little town. So if you ever have wanted to stay at the Stanley, go for it. We have a question for you, Vicki, from uh, Greetings from Beyond Radio page, um, and it's from Maria. Uh, can you explain a bit on telepathic dream communication? Between living people? Hopefully she's still listening, but... I mean, a lot of times I think that we can. We can show up in other people's dreams, and it's basically because you are manifesting, because you're both your energy is kind of directed at each other at that time. In fact, it was funny the other day, I had a dream about somebody 
And I sent him a message and I'm like, oh, by the way, you were in my dream. He goes, that's really weird because you were in my dream last night. Mm -hmm. So that could be that we were communicating on that level. Another thing is that possibly we were both having an OBE and we just happened to meet up at the same location in our out-of-body experience. You know, it's funny you mentioned OBE and ironically, that was my first um, experience. She says, between the living. Yeah, it's because I think that you can do that if you have a close connection and you are concentrating that energy towards each other or one person needs to get a message to that. Some people will say, oh, it's a coincidence. Like, you know how like you pick up the phone and you call somebody and they're like, oh, my gosh, I was just getting ready to call you. I don't really think it's coincidence. I think that just your energies were connecting with each other, whether this person who was going to pick up the phone first was stronger and that's what made you think about it. And then you end up in the phone call. But if you concentrate your energy with people, I completely believe you can communicate that way. I hope that answers your question, Maria. And ironically, you brought up, you brought up the OBE and that was my first paranormal experience ever. And I thought I was dreaming. Um, and ironically it was connected to my, deceased aunt down syndrome she also suffered through grand mal epileptic seizures and she had had 13 at that time i was asleep i was knocked out i was dreaming that i was in her bedroom and i was getting up from her bed but i was shorter i could tell i was shorter and then that's when i realized wait a minute i'm looking out her eyes and as i walked to the doorway to her bed room i I had this blackout and a sensation of falling. And that's when I came to, but what I came to was a pounding, a constant pounding going on on my door. Of course, you know, I was 15 years old. I had, I had my door closed. Let your imagination run wild as to why that was happening. But my mother was literally pounding on the door. Rich, you need to wake up. We need to go. Ileana's had 13 epileptic seizures. They're calling the, the ambulance. And I heard her. And I was going to respond, but I couldn't because I was not in control of my body. I had sleep paralysis. Uh, it took me a few days to realize uh, that what I had actually experienced was OBE. My spirit was basically trying to refit itself back mm -hmm. into its body, my body, and I had no control over my body yet when i finally gained control i put clothes on put my shoes on and i ran five blocks to my grandmother's house past the ambulance on the way there by the way and past my grandfather that was at the front door he was crying and went straight to her room guess where i found her right where i left her in my dream so it wasn't a dream it was an obe and that was the only OBE I've ever had and the only one I ever plan on having because, quite frankly, that was a scary experience, to say the least. But it's Well, you it was, can't really say that that's the only one that you had. We have them quite often. We A lot of them, we just think of them as dreams. But some of those were actually us traveling. Yeah, I, I feel we often, I think if not, we do every <coughs> night we do leave our body, spiritually speaking. I think that's a natural thing. Question is, is why, well, maybe we shouldn't remember what we see when we're out of our body. Maybe some we, I wish we could, and some we just shouldn't. Because 
oftentimes I think our subconscious mind, which acts almost like a, uh, uh, translator between spirit and our 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 brain uh, is what controls what we do and do not see, and I think that also ties into psychic abilities as well, and we need that in in order to function on a regular basis. What are your feelings on that? Yeah, I know when when you mentioned about psychic ability, when mm -hmm. I first started getting my ability, I could only see human spirits. And then, but I think that was blocked specifically for me to get it in gradual doses to be able to get used to my gift before I could open up and see these other interesting things that I have often described to you. In yeah, detail. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, if I had seen that at the beginning, that might have scared me off and I wouldn't have developed my gift. gift you would have, you would have shut down in other words. Yeah. So I was given everything in, and I had each one of my gifts open up separately and then come together finally as a whole. So I was very much compartmentalized at first and then able to I, tap into the others. You know, I, I would dare to say that I think when it comes to our gifts, you know, I'm, I've, I've always been empathic. Uh, but I've also learned how to control it. Um, and you kind of have to being in the field that I'm in, not only the paranormal, but demonology, when you're dealing with an inhuman spirit that knows evil spirits or that knows humans better than we know ourselves, because they were around long before humans were created. <clears throat> I think it's very important for anyone that is developing or has developed their psychic abilities, be it empathy, be it psychometry, psychic, telling the future, or mediumship, speaking with other spirits, they should have control over these gifts. Because if you do have the calling to be a demonologist, which I did and still do, uh, you, you cannot go into this blindly. Um, Lisa Marie tuning in. Thank you, Lisa Marie, by the way. And, uh, Irene. Hi everyone. Sorry. I had a message. Okay. So the reason I say this is when I've had to do my testing, um, for someone that is allegedly demonically possessed or oppressed, I am not doing the testing for that person. I'm doing the testing to see if there's something inhuman with that person, which is a lot more dangerous. And they know your weaknesses before you know your own weaknesses. And that being said, they will use that against you. So you do have to have control over your, your gifts. And if you wish to chime in on what I just said, go ahead. There's another question that I'll read out later. Yeah, we've been on investigations where I've had investigators that didn't have quite as much control as I have over spirit interaction. And I've actually had to step in and get the, the spirit off of them uh, because it was affecting them. It's very important to have control. You don't have to believe what I believe, but you need to believe in something. And it's those beliefs and whatever you consider to be your protection, you have to keep that on you and well guarded as you deal with anything connected to the paranormal. 
So a very interesting uh, comment was made in the chat room by Irene Takura. I hope I pronounced that right, Irene. Uh, but yeah, I can't go on. Oh, I can't go out anymore because I see nothing but dead people and it's hard without seeing things. How would you respond to that being a psychic medium yourself? You're going to have to start being very conscious of putting it out in the universe before you ever step out that right now is, is as silly as it sounds. Right now is my time to go to Walmart. I only want to see the living. You are not allowed to communicate with me or show yourselves to me. And the more she does it and the more that she employs her protection, the better it will be and the more they will actually follow the guidelines and the rules. So how, what would you recommend? Meditation? Would you recommend? I recommend saying it just like I'd said it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Just putting it out there and say, these are the rules. And of course, you're going to have people, spirits that aren't going to cooperate at first. But the mm -hmm. more you do it and the more you have it in your mindset that you are not going to see them and they will start following the rules. And then that's when your spirit guides need to step up a little. And they need those bodyguards that I have with the velvet ropes. You, you need to employ yours and they need to do their job because if you're an open vessel, you can't just depend on yourself. You have to call on your protection and your spirit guides and whoever controls all that for you because everybody's belief system is different. Like I said, you don't have to believe what I believe, but you have to believe in something. So the more that you practice it, the better you will become at blocking them and your protection blocking them. Uh, Irene is is chiming in, by the way, from Tokyo, Japan, Japan and uh, wow, all, we've gone all the way. We're over. international. We're international now, so that's great. <laughs> Thank you for your question, Irene. If you have any more questions for Vicky when it comes to the spiritual side of things, um, I'm going to ask Jen to go ahead and put through the ticker uh, how to get in contact with Vicky, and uh, she may be able to help you in that area. Uh, thank you for chiming in, Aaron Hoffman. Greetings from A View Beyond Paranormal Magazine. And wow, we have similar names, not quite the same, but we're there, <laughs> kind of, sort of. Um, uh, let's see. Your and Irene says thank you. By the way, if you can't see the chat, uh, Vicky. Yeah. You know. Okay. You know, it's it's. I, I've noticed there's a lot of people here that are saying, oh, I have this gift. I have that gift. I personally believe we all have the capability of any psychic gift, be it whatever it may be. It's a matter of developing it or wanting to develop it in the first place. There's some people, and I'll include myself in on this too. Uh, I didn't want to develop my empathic side for the longest time to be honest with you, because I felt it got in the way of me concentrating on what I wanted to get accomplished in life. But the more I fought it, the more it came back at me and forced me to say, oh, no, no, nay, nay, you must acknowledge me. And I then had to start learning, not only by myself, but reading a lot of books and applying meditation, applying different techniques in order to manage it. So it didn't, you know, if, if you don't, con if, you can have that gift, but that gift ceases to be a gift when you have no control over it. It becomes a curse. Okay. 
that's from my personal experience. So that's my take on it. And I think there's also, I think each one of us as individuals were special. I'll use this example. I maybe can take lessons and learn how to play the guitar. Okay. But I will only just be able to play it. I will never be Prince because I don't have the gift that he had for music. He's a so, loss. It's a loss when he died. That, that was a, a so horrible loss. So by the same means, we all may have gifts to a certain degree, but there are some that are just going to have it stronger. And no matter how much you practice, you may not reach the level of somebody else. It's just the way it is. But you have to, I think you have a responsibility. My personal opinion, think of it like um, your higher being, whatever you subscribe to, mm. has given you a present and you open the present, you look at it and then you just kind of throw it in the corner. Right. Well, the person who gave you that present is going to be a little put out that you didn't continue. You didn't talk about how great that present was. You didn't use the present. You just put it over in the corner. Same thing. If you are gifted with something in particular, I feel you have a responsibility to not only use the gift that you're given, but to use it to help people, to Agreed. share it with other people. It's Agreed. a responsibility. That's just my personal opinion. Agreed. Well, to quote the great Stan Lee, you know, Stan Lee uh, from Marvel Universe, with great power comes great responsibility. So, you know, may he rest in peace. Uh, the man was a genius. Um, thank you, Maria Munoz. This is phenomenal. She says, thank you very much. We've worked very hard to bring you guys quality show. And I hope you guys continue to come back and watch us, especially next week, Wednesday, same time, same place, same bat channel. Um, uh, we have Aaron Hoffman. Uh, how should people go about identifying something being a spirit, a PK entity or an egregore? Sorry, had to close in on that one. How do you want to? Uh, wow. Hmm. I would say experience. Yeah, I would. I would have to agree that. And there's there's plenty of literature out there nowadays. I remember the very first book I checked out of the library. Uh, it was ESP. It was just that extrasensory perception, and it actually went through every single phenomenon you could ever possibly think of, including OBE. And I was like, what the hell is OB? And I, I looked it up and it was out of body experience. And I'm sure you could actually identify if you have those experiences through books. And, uh, you know, Vicky and myself are Advent readers when it comes to anything paranormal or anything self-help as well. I would recommend looking into that. But identifying something being spirit, PK, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the the reference PK, um, poltergeist or entity. Uh, I'm not sure. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more on that one, Aaron? You're talking about psychokinetic. It, it could be psychokinetic, but uh, or psychokinesis. Um, yeah, psychokinesis. Yeah. Well. <coughs> There are some tests that can actually be conducted in a controlled environment when it comes to psychokinesis, telepathy, uh, 
anything like that. Um, but usually parapsychologists are the ones that actually perform these testings. Um, you can differentiate between the two. If the phenomenon is happening during the time that you're communicating with a spirit, it's the actual spirit doing it, not you. If you can actually focus on something and make make like a spoon bend, let's think of uh, Matrix, and all of a sudden it just goes, you know, and it bends, you did that. Uh, if you're communicating with spirit and something moves on its own, that, and that spirit is actually showing up on EVP, I got news for you, that spirit. Um, I, again, from Irene, I agree all my kids have the gift too, and only two of us practice it while my daughter really doesn't want to see anything. So it's just her decision. Um, okay. And, and once again, it comes down to the choice. You know, we all have this gift. I really believe that. So does, so does, you know, Vicky and Jen and everybody that's involved in, in this project that we call Greetings from Beyond Radio. It's a matter of developing it and deciding to develop it. Um, so that ultimately falls into it. Aaron says, these are usually tougher to get rid of since they are usually stemming from a deep trauma that left a psychological trauma. Okay. Um, you know, there's also cases that I've come across where um, a person is, and this is where the investigative side, the person is claiming that these things are happening at nighttime. So we come in as a team and we do our investigation and we don't get any evidence and we have this, but we've had an extensive interview with the client. I've had time to spend time with them. And this one particular case, it was because she was having repressed memories of having been sexually molested as a child and they were starting to surface she thought case. yeah she thought it was you know something demonic that was you know actually interacting with her in a sexual manner it was her memories resurfacing that's why it's so and i don't want to come off as sounding superior or anything like that that's why it's so important to choose the right no this team. is your experience you know and and it has that's why it's so important to choose the right team when if you have something going on in your home you have to have i have a background in psychology um i have a regular career with a diploma i have years of experience. I have researched extensively. I have reached out to people like Rich and other people whose experiences may be different from mine in order to have an open mind to receive even more information. I worked with a shaman. That was a completely different perspective. So it's very important to choose the right team to help you. If you go on and the first thing they do within 30 minutes of being in your house and they're posting your EVP on their website, I would probably be wick. Agreed. And there's there's way too many teams like that nowadays, unfortunately, that just want to exploit mm -hmm. that individual's trauma. And and uh, to answer, I hope that answers your question, Aaron. Um, there are situations where, yes, people do have PTSD of things that have happened to them. It's a, it's a for it, PTSD is a trauma and <clears throat> it continues to happen. These individuals, the, regardless of the abilities they have and what they're going through, have to go through therapy and 
learn how to cope with what they went through. And then in doing so, they'll actually gain control over the phenomenon that takes place with them in a indirect way, simply and only because of the trauma. I hope that answers your question. Uh, I would like to have either of you write a piece for a view beyond this is definitely worth more discussion with the paranormal community. Uh, get back to us, um, you know, either one of us, uh, Vicky and myself, we may just do it together or apart, you knows. Uh, and you can reach us. Jen is going to go ahead and put it on the ticker. Make sure to write it down um, and reach out to us. Uh, my, uh, my email, uh, last I checked, is uh rich gfb radio at gmail.com uh vicky and uh, i'm using is... nancy n-a-n-c-y three eight drew d-r-e-w at aol.com and i'm proud of it <laughs> whatever okay so uh there you go aaron i hope that answers your question and yes we'll be glad to contribute to your your articles um this being said you know we're running out of time uh we have like i'd say what five minutes but uh just to give everyone a little you know kind of sneak peek behind uh the the curtain here next week uh we will be discussing the warrens ed and lorraine warren uh two individuals that I can't speak for Vicky. I, you know, I, I can only speak for, my, for myself. I have a great deal of respect for it. they. Tr they were the first ones to really blaze trails, next to uh, Mr. Hans Holzer. <laughs> yes, ironically, you read my mind. Uh, go well, figure. It must be psychic. psychic. It must be psychic. Whatever. <laughs> okay, but okay. Um, Hans Holzer and also Ed and Lorraine Warren were one of the ones that really, really made an impact and blaze trails for what we do today, but influenced people like Vicky and myself to do things way back in the day and into today. And we've had to adjust, you know, but we're going to be talking about the Warrens and what their accomplishments were. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit about Annabelle and a few cases that they took on and it's going to lead into something. It's going to segue into something that I'll be very, very happy to announce next week. But you're going to have to tune in next week, I'm telling you. Because if you don't tune in next week and you don't watch and listen for what I'm going to say, then you won't want to tune in for the third episode. Because this is just the first episode. Next week will be the second episode. So before we go any further. I'm glad and, you clarified that for everybody that, you know, there's one and then comes two. Just it, Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to be like one, four, you know. <laughs> oh, and, and people are going to figure out if it's one thing I like to do. I like to push his buttons. He will say something and I always play devil's advocate. Yeah. Just, yeah. just for kicks and giggles. Right, right. Yeah. Imagine the other finger. But you know what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I got a couple too. So, and we already have a few people uh, that have already said they definitely want to be listening in. We have Elena, who's become a quick fan of ours. Thank you, Elena. Love you. Hope you get better, hon. I know you're going through some major, you know, bronchitis right now. Yeah. 
Well, now uh, I can't tell her if I have a reading. I can't say I'm getting chest congestion. Oh, is that what, that by giving no, me? But you did this before I said it, so you you're already feeling that. So you know what? Just stop while you're ahead. Just stop. Yeah, it. and All you right. stop. Don't get don't give any more information. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I love Elena to death. She's great, peeps. Um, and you know, peeps, let's let's bear in mind this is just the beginning of a very long journey that I plan to have greetings from beyond radio on the air for a very, very long time to come. And I, I hope Vicky decides to stay with me when it comes to that. And I don't get on her nerves because she does have nerves, you know, and I'm demanding <laughs> six times my salary. Hell no. <laughs> so, that was funny. Okay. But yeah, uh, we'll be talking about the Warrens next week. Be ready and ready to go when it comes to that because it's going to segue into third episode which you're going to love i promise you it's just someone i call the boss and it'll be the first guest of greetings from beyond radio so stay tuned so with that being said we're going to be breaking off into you know greetings from beyond into the great beyond and uh hoping to see everyone wednesday so Thank you, everyone, for joining. If you haven't seen the show, please watch us on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. And also, go ahead and like Greetings from Beyond Radio on Facebook. That way, you can keep up with whatever's coming up next. All and right? you can go ahead and like the Readings by Vicky page on Facebook as well. Don't forget that. And Elena's already going to get a free reading. Mm-hmm. All right. Love you all. <laughs> Remember, live life. Don't let life live you. And peace be still.